Please be advised, all music tracks used in this production are sole property of Kelson Communications and are original compositions. Also, please be advised that the sound bites you'll hear from Dr. Richard Stone, I was granted permission to use from administrative personnel at the VA in Washington. Thank you. Are you registered to vote? Headcount is a nonpartisan organization that works with the music and entertainment industry to get fans to vote. To update or check your voter registration status, go to headcount.org where you'll find all the information you need to be ready for election day. Are you registered to vote at your current address? More than 60% of eligible voters have never been asked to register. Headcount.org is working to change that. At headcount.org, you can also check your registration status. Millions of people get purged from the voter rolls every year. Everyone should check their registration status each year. The deadline to register to vote in some states is as early as October 4th, so you want to check before then. You can also request an absentee ballot, get info on early voting, find your polling place, and see what's on your ballot. Headcount is a nonpartisan nonprofit that tours with musicians to help concert attendees register to vote. But you don't have to leave your house to register or to get voting info. Just visit headcount.org. Let's not let anyone stop the vote. Register to vote at headcount.org so no one can block the vote. That's headcount.org. Hello, everyone. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate. Coming up will be a Kelson on the Air social work podcast special series entitled Social Workers, Confronting COVID-19 with Compassion, Courage, and Character. Over the next several weeks, you will hear from social workers from all over the country share their stories and their experiences battling and dealing with this devastating pandemic. It is my greatest wish that these stories will garner a new level of appreciation for the vitally important role that social workers play in confronting the challenges, heartbreak, and tragedies this coronavirus is wreaking on all of us. Social workers are there for everyone right now as they are always. To open up this series, please hear this profound message from Dr. Richard Stone, executive in charge of the Veterans Health Administration in Washington, D.C. Following that, you'll hear Ms. Miriam Payne, a recently graduated social worker from the Adelphi University School of Social Work. Please listen, learn, and be inspired. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I want to talk to you about our social work community. You know, social workers are always there. They're always part of our team and they're always interacting with our patients for various specific needs. But now with social isolation, uh, people, uh, people have need social workers for the first time. And our social workers, for the most part, have worked face-to-face with our patients and their families. Now they can't do that. It's very difficult work, and it's unprecedented the level of support we've gotten from our social works community. I want you to think about how much financial instability has, uh, has been induced during all of this shutdown. Uh, people are worried about money, people are worried about their jobs, people are worried about each other, and it's our social workers who are the glue that holds this together. And in any really good healthcare system, the social workers are out in front trying to make sure families are well taken care of and all of the unique needs that are not met by our medical professionals are really handled by the social work community. So today I'd like you to take a minute and just thank your social workers 
that are part of your team and recognize how much extraordinary work they've been able to accomplish throughout this pandemic. Thank you. To everyone tuning in, welcome. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate. You're listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast, the program that promotes, celebrates, uplifts, and highlights the social work profession. This podcast aims to educate the general public to the vital contributions professional social workers make in every aspect of society every day. Today we have another special guest uh, with us, a uh, student who's actually studying social work, but also someone who was actually on the front lines working in one of the major hospitals in New York City. She caught my attention during the May 2020 newsletter that's uh, published by Dr. Reardon, the president of Adelphi University. And I'd just like to share that with our listeners to give our listeners a little background and insight into the uh, young lady we're going to be interviewing. Uh, Dr. Reardon said in her uh, newsletter that Miriam Payne, MSW20, tirelessly works in the COVID-19 unit of a New York City hospital serving more than 100 individuals and families weekly. And I must say that to be singled out and mentioned by name by the president of Adelphi University is very, very special. So it's with great honor and privilege, I introduce to everyone our special guest for today, Miss Miriam Payne. Miss Payne, welcome to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. Thank you. So tell our listeners before we get into some of the talking points that you'd like to discuss, how is it that you came about to be featured and uplifted in the uh, newsletter with Dr. Reardon? I currently work at New York Presbyterian, one of the major hospitals in New York. Um, Presbyterian was one of the forefronts of the COVID-19 um, outbreak where most patients was admitted and came to be seen. I Currently work on a unit, is a neurology unit, and is an inpatient. So we were able to receive COVID patient on the unit. Mm-hmm. And what I do on the unit, I'm a um, unit assistant, so I do most of the communication between doctors, nurses, social workers, and any healthcare professional that happens to be on the unit, as well as communicating with patients and family members when they come to see patients. But um, with the COVID-19, there's no patient, no visitors. So now the communication is directly with um, the doctors, the nurses, and the social workers as well, and any and any other person that's on the unit. So to see how best to treat the patients and to make sure that they have the best day and the best outcome. I see. Very interesting. Um, and one of the things that um, I w- I'd like you to, to actually address is there were a lot of reports and uh, still sometimes you hear the reports um, circulating in the media. And a lot of it was coming from social workers that um, sometimes because we don't really sometimes get seen as the essential workers that we really are. There were some issues with uh, social workers also being provided uh, PPE. Uh, so talk about the importance of having adequate personal protective equipment, which is what PPE stands for. Talk about um, the importance of having that for workers, especially social workers who are right there on the front lines. 
Uh, yes, um, I'll let you know that um, as employees, we must always have that equipment to, but to assist patients um, anywhere, no matter where you work. But with COVID-19, it tend to be very, very essential to have PPE. And this is to protect the workers who are dealing with the virus, unfamiliar virus to us that currently has no cure. So you don't want the employees to be exposed to the virus because by them being exposed to the virus, they can also expose patients that may not even have the virus. So you want to reduce the chances of frontline workers becoming patients. That's number one. You must have ample PPEs to meet the difference between life and death because we're dealing with a virus that is causing many deaths in the world. Now, when you have um, N95, you have surgical masks, you have face shields, gloves, hand soap, hand sanitizer, goggles, anything that is needed to protect the workers must be available as needed for safety for both the workers and the and the patient. So when it comes to social workers, social workers are actually going in the room, getting information from the patients. So they need to be protected going into the room. Patients are very sick. They're coughing. They're on ventilators. These um, social workers are putting their life on the line to make sure that the patients are being, that the, the social workers are getting the information from the patients so as to give the information to the family member who are not mm. able to see them. So when they go into these rooms, they have to be protected. They need the necessary equipment to be able to be safe and to be safe not only for themselves, for the patients, and also when they go home to their family. So protective, personal protective equipment is very essential for social workers and anybody working on the front line. Okay, well, thank you for explaining that to our listening audience because many times the listening audience might be sitting back or, or or the general public might say, well, what do social workers have to have personal protective equipment for? What, what are they actually doing? And is it, isn't it just the nurses and the doctors? And that's part of what I wanted to bring to the attention of the general public and the listening audience is that social workers such as yourself and many other of our colleagues around the country are right there face to face with yeah. these clients, with these patients who are infected with this deadly disease. That's correct. And so mm-hmm. they are essential as right. the doctors and the nurses. And I, I like the point that you made is that it's the social worker that gets the information from the patient and communicates that back to the family. And also, right. from what I've heard, sometimes communicating these things to the doctors and the nurses as well. So talk about that how social workers in these uh, COVID-19 wards are very essential in keeping the line of communication open. Okay, it's very important because as um, I don't know how many people know, now with the COVID-19, there's no visitors. So patients that usually come to the hospital, they have their family visiting, they have relatives, they have friends. Now there is no visitor allowed in the hospital for right now. Soon it's going to be open to visitors. But that's where social worker comes in. Social worker are the line of communication between the patients and the family members. Now that they have no visitors coming in, they need somebody who is able to provide that communication to the family 
And they also are very essential because when the social worker goes into this room communicating with the patients, their tone of voice is different. They show mm-hmm. a sign of respect. They um, show empathy to the patient and they make sure that HIPAA is um, considered in such cases. Um, social workers sometimes go in with iPads. This is other forms of communication. Yet again, it's the social workers that's going in to communicate information from the from the patients to the family member, and it helps when the social workers use iPads so that the family can see their patients face to face. Wow, that's a very very powerful statement. And one point that you brought up. And a lot of people sometimes fail to see the importance of, and that's the whole concept of empathy. That's one of the yes. most important characteristics for a social worker to have. And that's what makes the difference in, in the type of care that patients receive, especially when they're in the critical stages and phases of COVID-19. So how does empathy play a role in yourself and other social workers bringing comfort to the patients. If you could just talk about that a little bit. Yes, being a patient, how you're being addressed is very important. Who comes into your room to see you and how they speak to you is very important. It shows whether the person cares or you're just a number or you're just one of somebody that they have to work with and then later on, on to the next. But with social worker, that situation is different. Social worker comes with empathy. It comes with um, the care that it could be them, it can be their family member, it can be anybody. So they come with the same way that they would treat their family, they would treat the patient and that's empathy the care and the kindness that they show for the patient because they know that maybe tomorrow it can be them and you want to make sure that you treat everybody with respect and in the same manner that you don't discriminate and you are not biased yes yes very well said and also uh the fact that as social workers you know we do take into consideration that when working with a client especially someone who is ill Um, And in critical stages, we should treat them the way that we would like someone to treat our loved one if they were in that that position. So I'm glad that you brought that out because that's a key component of what social workers do is to display um, and to exhibit empathy because that that makes a lot of difference in the way that a patient is treated. Uh, When empathy is used, it makes a lot of difference because, as you stated um, so eloquently, it shows that the social worker who is a, a healthcare uh, professional that they care, and that makes all yeah. the difference in the way a person decides to to battle their illness. Um, in many instances, because they give hope, and that's what yeah. a big thing of what that empathy does. It gives them hope. Now, as far as coworkers and social distancing, that becomes a challenge in mm-hmm. hospitals for sure. So what would you like our audience to know about how you work with that delicate balancing act of working shoulder to shoulder as a, <laughs> as a team and also social distancing at, at the same time? And you could probably address that and teamwork all in one fell swoop. So please enlighten us. Yeah. So um, when it comes to um, co-workers and social distancing, it's a little um, difficult because you work in a hospital and the hospital is pretty big. So you have a lot of employees and the working space is very small. So um, what the hospital did, they put placemats in the elevators Mm. and that placemat shows that 
if you if you don't have a space on the placemat, you have to wait for another elevator. So wow. it's just a simple way of showing that we're trying to um, exhibit social distance to protect both the patients and the clients. And then um, when you're wanting to hug, sometimes we take hugs for granted. Yes. And then you cannot <laughs> hug. So now they make a little gesture like they do the elbow. Or they say, I love you, but I love you from a distance. (laughs) And then um, social distancing, you talk about the little things that you take for granted. Like I said, hugging, kissing on the cheek, saying goodbye, all those little things now with the COVID, it has made us aware that when we start hugging again, we understand that it's very important and it makes a big difference and it has to do with teamwork because you're working with a group of people and they have to adjust their time their situation to the new situation that is happening now so you want to add unity you want to make sure that we're all in this together no one is by themselves Um, if any way I can help you I will do it. If any way you can help me, I will do it. But we have to communicate. We have to express ourselves. We cannot read each other's minds. This COVID has caused so many disruptions. So there's need for counseling. It must mm. be available. There's need for there's need for encouragement yes. and support. So all these things are very important. And then most of all, self-care. Mm-hmm. After you work with these with the COVID patients and you go home and you have seen so many devastations, so many things that you're not used to seeing, you need to take time out for yourself and get to that place where you feel at peace, you feel calm. And if you need a friend to provide that, you use the phone, you call, you do FaceTime, you do Instagram, or if you just want to be by yourself, play some music, mm-hmm. something relaxing, or just binge watch your favorite um, movies, mm-hmm. something just for self-care because trying to take all this thing in is very, very overwhelming and you just need that time to focus and get back in tune with life. Uh, excellent point. And one of the things that I've heard um, from many social workers um, in various different parts of the country since I've been working on this project is that in many instances, and this is another thing that the general public may not be aware of, in many instances, especially in hospital mm-hmm. settings such as yours, the doctors and the nurses tend to go to the social workers and the social work office when they yeah. need something to, to be able to unload some of their grief. And, and, and it must be very, very heart-wrenching for medical professionals, doctors, nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, uh, EMTs, anesthesiologists to be mm-hmm. working with the patient and then have that patient pass away. And, and if that right. happens, you know, over and over again, then that's a very mm-hmm. traumatic experience. Yes, and, it is. And, and, and they know exactly who to go to. I've heard mm-hmm. that the social work office. Social the workers, hospital, yes. They, they're <laughs> overwhelmed. And, uh, and so then when, they, when the social worker leaves, now they have to be able to unwind. Uh, right. And like you said, self-care becomes so very important so that you can go back the next day and be mm-hmm. re-energized and recharge your right. battery and refresh um, because... Right. 
if you hold it all in and not let it out, then it'll drag you down because mm-hmm. it, is, right. it is very sad. It is, it is very, it's, it's draining very and it's draining. draining. Yes, yes. And and and, and just as a, a, another question, I'd like to just maybe if you could address what types of things do social workers get encouraged to participate in besides some of the things that you asked for, like in, in, in your schooling and education, tell our listeners how social workers are taught to do self-care and to unwind and to unload. What are some types of things that social workers um, are taught to do? Um, Walking, walking, getting fresh air. They're also able to get online groups, settings, where they have um, support groups. That's very important with social workers. You meet with people that are going through the same thing and you discuss it and you realize that you're not the only one. And it tends to lessen the problem that's a very important uh thing that you mentioned um and you you can't carry it all by yourself so when you talk when you talk about teamwork um you know teamwork makes the dream work they they say together everyone achieves more so and and one one of the basic tenets in social work is um is to take a problem and split it in half to talk about it you know talk, talk to somebody about you know what it was for that individual to sit in that room and hold the hand of that social worker. Yeah, mutual aid. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you're dealing with mutual aid. Yes. That's very mm-hmm. important. Yes, and and also um, the role of the social worker being that go-between between the uh, critically ill patient and the family. Mm-hmm. And, right. And then, uh, unfortunately, many times if someone has passed away due to the COVID-19, um, due to the social distancing, it usually is the social mm-hmm. worker that's left with the task of communicating to the family, helping the family work right. through their grief, and then planning for whatever type of memorial that can be had under the new regulations of social right. distancing. And so, then you have less family coming mm-hmm. to the funerals, mm-hmm. right? Yes, exactly. So we all need to give a, a lot of credit to social workers as a profession because and I, you know, I was talking to, uh, you know, a colleague, you know, recently, and she mm-hmm. said that the social worker is really the glue that keeps it all together. Yes. You know, yes. Be- between the family, the medical staff, mm-hmm. you know, the, the other first responders. Um, and so, you know, we, we play a role that people don't realize. And uh, all right. we need to make sure that everyone knows that, you know, that we're trained and, and specially educated to, to play that role, and especially during coronavirus pandemic, um, the important role of social workers. And you've hit on all of those areas, comforting the patient, um, showing empathy, um, being there, communicating with the family, communicating with the medical staff, becoming a team member, all of those important roles that social workers um, do play. And we want to make sure that people uh, realize that and give them the recognition they deserve because nobody really knows what a social worker does until a social worker does it, which is how one of my colleagues put it. So (laughs) we want to make sure that everyone knows, you know, what we do and, uh, and how we're skilled and trained to do that. And so uh, last point I'd like to ask you to address from your talking points is cheering on COVID-19 survivors. Talk a little bit about that as we get ready to, to wrap up this segment. Yes. Um, so um, 
you mentioned some few things that the social worker does, and I also wanted to add to it. Um, during discharge, especially with the coronavirus, social workers was the one that made sure that they discharged the non-COVID patient at a speedy rate mm. to make room for COVID patient. Mm. So they were there playing their role as always, making sure that there's protection and that the patients were protected. So they discharged the non-COVID patient, make sure they were discharged safely mm -hmm. to the correct place, whether it would be home or another rehab mm -hmm. or skilled nursing facility. And then the hospital had room to accompany patients that was exposed to the COVID virus, mm -hmm. which I wanted to um, add to. But then, and also the last part that you asked about cheering on COVID-19 survivors, actually a positive thing that the hospital came up with. So once the social worker discharged the patient, the hospital decided, hey, we cannot just let them go like this. COVID virus is something serious. So if they actually survive, they're able to go home. What we're going to do, we're going to play a up lifting music for mm. every patient that is discharged. So what happens is the social worker knows when the patient is going to get discharged. So we'll be, uh, we'll be told. So when that time comes, we'll call a specific line and tell them we have a patient that's being discharged that once had COVID and is now going home. Mm. And they will play a song such as, I got a feeling, or something, I'm still standing, oh, wow. or, <laughs> or Eye of the Tiger um, by Survivor, mm -hmm. or I Will Survive yes, by Gloria Gaynor. Yes, yes, yes. And all those uplifting music, it really helps the patient. Mm -hmm. And it's only because the social worker was able to safely discharge these patients home. Wow, wow. That is so, so, so interesting that you, you pointed that out, that a special effort is put in to make sure that upon being discharged, they know, you know, how special that is. And, it, right. mu and it must be also very, very uplifting to all of you social workers yes. and the rest of yes. the, the medical staff. Everybody's well. in the hospital, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And, and, and so that, that that's how, you know, we want to make sure the listeners understand that, you know, this is part of what, you know, social workers are involved with on an everyday basis while yeah. fighting this coronavirus pandemic. And we think that after this, we, you know, it's really our hope and it's my hope and I'm sure it's all mm -hmm. social workers hope that people have a newfound appreciation for social workers and what they do. And that yeah. because, again, you know, and I say this in, on just about every uh interview I've done so far, you know, we've heard them, you know, thank the doctors and the nurses and we say absolutely. And we heard them to thank the, the EMTs and the first responders yeah. and the police and the fire department. Thank you. And we said absolutely. And we heard them thank the resp respiratory therapists and the yeah. anesthesiologists and we said absolutely. And then they started thanking the pizza and the delivery people and, <laughs> you know, and the Walmart <laughs> workers. And I was like, wait a minute, what about the social workers? <laughs> what about the social workers? <laughs> So, so it's it's thanks to it's thanks to people like yourself, Miss Payne, mm. 
that now we give uh, all our listeners a chance to really stop and think for a minute. Hey, wow. That, yeah, that was the social worker that called me up and said <laughs> yes. how my loved one was doing. That's that, correct. That, that mm-hmm. was the doctor that said that, that they would connect me with the social worker because they would be able to give me more information mm-hmm. and, and help me figure out some of these things. So, That's so, correct. So, so this, this is why, you know, I think it's really important for, for the, these um stories to get out so that people understand you know everything that we do and uh and why social workers are very important integral parts of any um any type of environment especially in the healthcare and in the hospital and so on that note i'd like you to leave our listeners with just one parting thought um and then we're going to wrap up something that you like our listeners to 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 carry with them after they hear this interview Yes, um, I just want the listeners to um, know that um, social workers are very essential workers as well as every workers. Um, but social workers have a side of them that's different from every other workers. And that side is empathy, is love, is care. And um, social workers possess all of that. And they're able to help in any situations. And if there's a need, a social worker is available to fill that need because they are trained in different areas to be able to assist where needed. So I just want the listening audience to know that. Okay, thank you very well put. And we're going to wrap it up on that note. And so uh, once again, to our listeners, uh, you've been listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. Um, this is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate. Um, this is a special um, COVID-19 special called uh, Social Workers Confronting COVID-19 with Compassion, Courage, and Character. And our special guest for today has been Miss Miriam Payne, a newly minted MSW, but she's been working tirelessly uh, on the front lines and she's given us some wonderful insight into some of the roles that social workers play. So Miss Payne, on that note, I want to thank you so much for being part of the show and I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to talk with our listeners. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate and host of the show. You've been listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. This and all other programs are available on the Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Anchor podcast platforms. Go to any search engine and type in Kelson on the Air in the search window to hear this show in its entirety. Thank you for tuning in. This has been a Kelson Communications production.